You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. You're very welcome to the show tonight. I hope I find you well on this Wednesday evening. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with myself, Ian O'Connell, is local Killarney photographer Mary Carol O'Sullivan. We will be talking about how she got into photography, her book Behind the Mask, the COVID-19 lockdowns, her involvement in different charities and much more. Sit back and enjoy the show. Marie, thanks a million for coming on today. Delighted, Ian. Thanks a million for having me. Um, I don't know if you've um, heard any of the, the interviews so far, but I like to ask all my guests at the start a bit about, about themselves. Do you want to tell me about your childhood growing up and stuff? So I'm not Kerry born. I'm from a town in Tipperary called Ross Grey. Um, population maybe about, I'd say, 4,000 people, small enough. Um, yeah, I was there until I was did my leaving search at 18. And after that, then I trained um, in business studies and clerical and did a cert training course then after that um, in hotel, dominantly in reception. Um, so, of course, where did I land? Only the, the cream of the crop, only in Killarney. And was your, was your, I suppose ideal goal to go into the that kind of hospitality um yeah i suppose it was when you trained in kind of the business end of things you touched on reception so um from that side of it then i decided to delve into the the hospitality sector so yeah 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 i suppose it was i like i like people in general and being from tipperary I suppose um a massive harlan county were you were you into any sports growing up into any camogie or football or anything? No, I was no, I wasn't actually. It was, it was always a a really strong following in following in my household. All right, but um, no, I never kind of got involved into in the sports end of things. Loved watching it though. Loved watching it. Um, was it was the secondary school and college? You went to was a college in Tipperary or was it? No, it was a PLC course after the Leaving Cert, which is actually in the same school that I went to. So that was that was handy. There wasn't a big transition there. And then the actual uh, college for Cert for the tourism uh, training was, believe it or not, in Killarney. Um, it was in the Torque Great Southern, um, which is now where the cinema is. And it was a year training course. So you were six months in and then six months out in placement. And funnily enough, Sheila Casey was my tutor for um, the reception side of things. And um, after then we went training. So I did my training at home in Burr in County Offaly in the County Arms. And then after that, I went to Dublin and I stayed there for a while. But funnily enough, Sheila rang me then and she was stuck for a receptionist in the Torque Great Southern. So um, that was only a kind of a six month seasonal stint. And she said, come on away, come on, you'll come, come and work with me. So um, I did. And I never left. <laughs> that was 1997. <laughs> You're still in Killarney since then. Yeah, yeah. The whole plan was to move to Galway. That's where I really wanted to go, but it never I never got that far. Great Galway was the, the kind of Yeah, the, that was the goal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um when did um I suppose your love for photography and that kind of side of things, when did that come into your life? Um, the love for photography was always there. I would say since we were very small, we always had a camera in the house. And, you know, if you went to the zoo, if you went on holidays or whatever, you were all, the camera was always brought. And my mother was brilliant. She used to just do um, the albums and writing all the dates and things like that. And I still love so much going home and looking at those. Um, so as kids, we were, there was a great work ethic, work ethic, um, in our house. We own, um, a petrol station um with we'll say a shop 
Um, so um, we were, I was pumping petrol from the age of 12 and we always had, you know, your summer job and your weekend job and that kind of thing. So I decided to branch away from pumping petrol one one year and worked in a local factory, um, ribbons. They made ribbons. So there was a bigger wage packet there then during the summertime because you were working pretty much like eight to four every single day. So with my first uh, pay packet, I bought myself a camera and it wasn't the one that, well, it had film in it, like, but it was ones that automatically went, you didn't have to wind it on, oh, you know, yeah. that kind of way. So I was very fancy. So since then, sure, look, I, I would, I'd be snapping. I'd be the annoying one when you'd be on nights out with the with the camera taking photographs. But I'm so glad to have all them those photos now, you know, thankfully no social media at that time. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's where it kind of stemmed from. And then, um, with my work here in Killarney, working and reception and in hotels and stuff, um, when I got married and had kids, um, you know, I, I started to fundraise for um, cystic fibrosis as myself and a group of friends had lost a friend, uh, Michelle O'Connor, um, in 2004. It was the same year, actually, as I got married. So the year after then, we decided that we were going to um, start doing a 10 kilometre walk in memory of Michelle. So there would have been times when um, photographers with the local papers could have attended to promote it and do the launches. And then there was times when they they didn't, you know, recession was kind of around that time, too. So, um, yeah, I used to take the photographs myself and email them into the various different publications. Um, so that kind of, you know, gave me a bit of a grow because I could see that my work is good enough to be to be printed um so yeah then you know I, I picked up different private jobs and things like that and it kind of seemed to slot into being you know mom which is the main job <laughs> so um from that kind of um you know as the kids grew then I was able to maybe get out more and do more um so yeah I think that's that's how it evolved but I was always um self-taught like everybody in my family my family would be quite musical and all the boys and my dad um you know, all play the guitar and they're all self-taught. So similar with me with the with the camera, you kind of be looking at YouTube tutorials and how did that person get this and how can I do that? And I have um, some very good photographer friends as well who kind of helped me along the way, you know. So that's how that, that's I, how that came from. Would I be right in saying, I don't know, was it in an interview in The Independent or something, were you 17 when you bought your first camera? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I hadn't quite done my leaving cert. I worked in that factory uh, for two years. So, yeah, about 16 or 17, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, yourself and your your friends, you lost a, a friend. That was obviously, a, obviously, any friend you lose is bad. But like it was obviously a tough time. Did it yeah. take long for you to kind of think of the idea that we're going to start fundraising? Um, do you know, it was a really difficult time. Um, what happened was Michelle was quite ill um, for a long time. Um, never, I suppose, did we think we were ever going to lose her. But she was also a huge fan of, of my photography or whatnot. But um, yeah, we'll say she we, we, we put her to rest on a Wednesday and I got married on, on, on the Friday. So that was really, really oh, difficult. Really? But um, afterwards, then, um, I suppose, I don't know, in some ways you kind of think that um, maybe she was helping me along the way you know, by um, getting the photographs out there for the walk in memory of her. And myself and Elaine Doyle did that walk and organised it for 10 years. So, yeah, we were very much involved in the Build for Life project, which is the houses that were built over in Castle Island to fund the unit in um, the cystic fibrosis unit in CUH, uh, which is there now, which is wonderful. I am. Um, I was actually an ambassador there one year for it was, what was the name of it? The 
change your colours for cystic fibrosis. It's you wear kind of a different jersey. So for my sins, I wore a Liverpool jersey for <laughs> but it was um it was for a girl up up um up clear direction. But um okay. cystic fibrosis, do you think that it's do you think that it's kind of highlighted as much as like we always see fundraising and stuff for say cancer patients or mental health and stuff? Do you think that cystic fibrosis is highlighted enough? I think when we started off fundraising, um, including myself, I didn't know a whole lot about it, um, even though Michelle had passed from it. But I do think that since then, uh, the fundraising has been massive. That Bill for Life uh, project with Joe Brown over in Castle Island, I think massively highlighted it in, in Kerry. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot more to the forefront than what, than what it was previously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the... Um... The, in Castle Island, are they like houses that you build for? What exactly? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't helping to fundraise with that, so I'm not too sure of the exact details. But yeah, they built. Um, they built. I think it was four houses. I could be wrong. Sorry, Joe Brown, if I'm wrong. But I think they they built uh, three or four houses, and um, would say the builders would have given their labor for free, and maybe if there was funding for the um, raw materials and all that, they would have used that. But yeah, they were sold then, and all the profits went to the Build for Life project. It's amazing that isn't it? Yeah. fundraising like that can 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 go a long way. Yeah. Um moving on then to I suppose later on in life you can you set up your own business, the Little Memory Gallery. What exactly is it? It's you're a freelance photographer and you go Yeah. So I, I, I suppose I'm not dominantly any type of photographer, but I would be more lifestyle and events and it was actually a friend of mine from home when she was looking at my work on Facebook on my own personal page she said will you ever go in now and open up a page for yourself for your photos so I was like oh god notions I'm not doing that you know and but I did I did and friends um supported me and then it was a public page so that anybody could kind of um look in and uh send an email and I was doing a bit of press photography as well so that was kind of good for you know getting the name out there as well um so everything kind of coincided but within thing that I do in it's always baby steps we'll do a little bit here yeah. and a little bit there and you know as time goes on then things build so I'm really lucky on Facebook I think I'm I think there's 10,000 followers on Facebook now Instagram I only kind of knew enough to that and that's I think it's around two and a half or something but um yeah it's a uh, it's they're a fantastic platform no matter I know people some people don't like social media and that kind of thing but for growing your own business and getting yourself out there it's massive and I know a lot of my friends have gone off Facebook and you know gone off Instagram or any of those kind of things but um, I'm still there and I will be there for a while anyway while while I'm at the photos you know Oh it's amazing like social media can be can be bad for say you know trolls and Kind yeah, of like, and I'd hate I'd hate to have grown up in in you know the social media <laughs> and yeah. things when I was growing up, you know. So you kind of feel sorry for the younger generation. You know, they can't put a foot crooked, and they you never know what could end up end up online. And then you see it's there forever, you know. Exactly, and mm-hmm. like it's the likes of you there now, and the and the page like growing that many followers. It works in obviously a positive way for for you in the business. Did you ever think that you'd? I suppose, reached that amount of... Never in a million years. Never, ever, ever did I ever, ever envisage it. I suppose, like, it's it's it's, it's an honour. Like, it's, it's really good. I'm really, really, really happy with that. Have you ventured into the into the, the TikTok scene or anything yet? You already asked me because I only did one last week. Did you? <laughs> I never knew that. 
No, I, my daughters are well in, into TikTok, Ria and Claude, and they have it on their phones and whatnot. And during lockdown, all right, we did do, you know, the few of the popular ones or whatever. Yeah. But um, no, I never really delved into it um, too much at all. Apparently, that's the place to be. So yeah. I'll have to kind of change that. But I did do one um, recently um, solely because I follow Catherine and the Marketing Club online. And she's always saying, put your face with your brand. You you need to put your face with your brand. And I would always have shied away from that. So I said, you know, I'm going to I'm, just go, I'm going to just try it. Um, so I did. So on Sunday, I have a fundraiser coming up for the um, Kerry Mountain Rescue. Oh, what yeah. it is, is that they, um, the International Hotel, every year they've given me um, their Christy O'Connor suite. And uh, what I do is... I take families every 10 minutes into the Christie O'Connor suite and take their family portrait and send it on digitally to them. And, you know, 50% of the money goes to the to the charity. So for the last six years, I've done um, the Jack and Jill, but I've changed it this year to Kerry Mountain Rescue because I think it's really important to keep things um, community and um, and more local. But what was the start of the question? <laughs> the the TikTok scene. The TikTok scene. So, um, yeah, so that booked out in um, one hour and three minutes. I got up really early and I looked at my phone. I said the best way to do this now is just to come through my work phone because there's, you know, now with social media, Facebook and emails and all that, you couldn't be taking bookings. So I just went through one channel and it booked out in one hour and three minutes. So afterwards, then I said, well, look, I'm going to do a TikTok now to say, um, you know, thanks for that. Not even a TikTok, just a transition thing. But my daughter helped me with it. So for all the world, it was just me holding signs and then just, you know, you fall down on the bed and you come back up in a different outfit and then you fall again in a different sign or whatever. So it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be doing it again, though, but we'll see. I'm the same. I only I only started throwing a few videos of me in the gym up on TikTok there a few days ago. But it's um like it's it's the one app that you could have zero followers, but you could get a million likes. Yes, like, yes, yes. It's the. The, the place to be at the at the moment and that's that fundraiser on Sunday that's completely booked out now is it yeah booked out in an hour and three minutes I couldn't believe it and have a hefty long wait list as well it's amazing yeah. isn't it isn't it yeah people are great though and I, I will definitely say the people of Killarney are absolutely amazing they're brilliant people I remember um last March um the Ukrainians had just come to Killarney and um I I write um, a column in the Killarney Advertiser every month and I said to myself, oh, it'll be lovely now. They're just after landing just to pop out, chat to one person and see how they're getting on. And um, I went out to the Inish Fallon Hotel and I met Mariam and we had a little chat or whatever. But the funny thing about it was, was that nobody kind of really knew anybody, you know, even though they're all from Ukraine, they didn't know each other, you know. So um, anyhow, I just wrote my column but I, I put it up on my uh, social media platform hi everyone today it's it's going to be Mother's Day on Sunday these are all mothers and children um, you know you wouldn't want to be asking people for too much money because you yeah. know we're, we're all looking after our own few pounds you know but um, I just said if anyone has a tenner if they could buy a voucher for Costa or Tesco or Aldi or any coffee shop whatever you know wouldn't it be great to give them stuff so yeah, geez, Ian, it was like it was nearing um it was definitely over two and a half thousand. I think by the end oh, it touched really? three three thousand euros is what I went out and gave to all those mums out there, you know. So Killarney, they're just exceptional people, just so giving and uh, you know, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It is not amazing, like they all we've seen it through and covered, like we all kind of get together as 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 one family. And yes. we were talking about your own business, so 
say like for a photographer, what's the the process from taking the picture, editing it, and then publishing it on say on the paper or online? Is there is it time yeah, consuming? It, it is. It's very time consuming. Um and. There's a lot of things that I would be very particular about <laughs> in getting to. But we'll say, for example, um, go out to the Glen Eagle there and take um, a picture of the check presentation for, I don't know, the hospice or something like that. So um, you go out, take the photograph, you have to set up the people. Sometimes it could be more than two or three people. So it's, it could be a group shot group shot then you have to tier them as in you know different levels and make sure that you bring everybody in the shot in as close as possible and then in the center your check obviously um, so that can take a few minutes um, you go home then you load it up on the computer um, I, I throw it into Lightroom I love Lightroom it's really good for um, for editing and uh, sharpening and all doing all those different colors and stuff and then you drag it into Photoshop and you write down pictured at the Glen Eagle Hotel where blah, 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 blah. And you must make sure that you have everybody's name correct. And most of all, the spellings, all that kind of thing. And then after that, then you send it on to the publication that has booked you to, to do the job. So all in all, one photograph, while it might look like just one photograph, it could take you possibly an hour and a half between the to and fro and whatnot to, to do it. So, yeah, there is there's a bit of a there's a bit of a process in it. All right. And I think it's it's kind of like like radio. Like before I started, I kind of said, say the likes of Jory now or Deirdre Walsh that they they go in ten minutes before their show, do their show, and go home. Whereas in mm-hmm. reality, like they're in there early in the morning to leave. Yeah. The same yeah, as yeah. like it's not just a case of taking a picture and and tr- throwing it up. Yeah, but like like you, Ian, you make it look so easy. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, you know, the, the, my my head is big enough now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say say now like weddings and functions and stuff would you be more or like a group photo like you said in the INEC would you kind of rather that kind of side of things or would you rather I suppose taking pictures out in nature and wildlife mm, I don't ever find that I have the time to have the luxury of doing nature and wildlife yeah um would I like to do it? Yes, absolutely. But I just don't, I don't seem to have that much time. When we go on holidays and stuff, I, I even kind of say, oh, you know, I'll leave the camera at home because that's work to me and use the phone or whatever. So from that end of things, no, I wouldn't be dominant in the wildlife and the, the photography. But any other section, you could find me in uh, press, events, um, weddings, confirmations, communions, christenings, any of those kind of things. Um, you know, I, I do them all, but, you know, I'm not dominant to any one of them. That kind and of way, but I enjoy them all, and I enjoy the var- I enjoy the variety for sure. Yeah. Would um would you have a favorite time of year? I suppose as a photographer, would you rather like Christmas time, do you know, around the the whole feel of Christmas, or say Paddy's Day, or do you have any favorite time? Um. Yeah, I love people. I absolutely love doing the parades. Um. I love dominantly children. I absolutely love children. I feel there's no hidden agenda. What you get is what you get. And it's just such a buzz when you connect with the child and you can get those natural smiles. You know, you you can tell a child somewhat to sit down and, uh, you know, sit there now and we'll take a few pictures. But, you know, that's not going to last. You have to be able to play with them and reach them on their level, you know, that kind of way. So the kids are, are kind of what I prefer the most. Yeah. And sometimes it's uh, the like the innocence of, kids like the last day my cousin she's only six now but she she sits up in my lap and watches my phone when I'm on it but um 
I showed her a picture in a way of me before my accident and when I was standing up and she kind of okay. looked at the photo yeah. and she looked at me and she was like, so you actually decided to stand up? Like she, <laughs> you know, she knew no different, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. I love their minds and, you know, what they come out with is even even better. You know, I think and on a shoot, I normally keep family shoots to something like 40 minutes, that kind of way, because at that point it's either working or it's not working and you book a reshoot. And thankfully, I've never had to to book a reshoot, you know, because, you know, you just I, I like to just let the kids be themselves yeah. and, you know, play a few games, throw a few things on top of my head, act silly and you get what you want, you know. <laughs> Did you ever have a, a nightmare of a time where you've done a full shoot and it didn't save on the memory card or anything or you lost any photos? No, thank God. Thank God that has never happened to me. And, you know, it's a common thing with photographers. I'm sure it will happen to me at some point. It's just like making a mistake in work in any other work. But um, no, I'd be sure definitely with, with weddings and stuff like that. I have spare cameras, I have spare batteries. Um, when I shoot, I shoot on two different cards. So one is the main card and the other one is the backup card. So I try my best that that will be something that will never happen. But, you know, anything can happen. I did a wedding there recently and we went to location in Glenbay and um, there was horses and donkeys in there. And the lady that was with me, um, she got very afraid of the donkeys. And while I was gone over to try and, you know, shoo the donkey away from her, the horse picked up my camera bag, shook it around at his oh. mouth and all the contents fell out. <laughs> So out of all the things that were in my bag, only one lens didn't make it, didn't make it, which was thankfully, you know, covered by insurance and stuff like that. So yeah, it was fine. But anything can happen. You know, photography is totally opportunity. And that's all, you know, you you can get your technical things, um, you know, correct as best you can. But um, especially as regards children, they could turn one way and look the other way. Your shutter speed could be wrong and all that. It's it's all it's all opportunity, but it's an absolute it's so rewarding then when you when you nail it, you know, once you get it. And like you said, You've got kind of backup cards and batteries and stuff going oh, out yeah. to shoot in mm-hmm. your in your bag. Like there are so many different lenses. Can you give me like kind of an insight into does one lens is for like a far away picture or an up? Yeah, well the one that the horse picked up now is the seventy to two hundred. So that goes from seventy millimeters to, to two hundred or whatever. So it's it's really good, um, especially for outdoor that if you want to get those kind of candid shots. Um, you know, you can you can get them from far away without even people knowing that you that you have the camera. But um, the most versatile one that I use across the board is um, 24 to 70. So that that's that's really good and it's really sharp. And it's at, I think, 2.8 aperture is that one. But I've recently moved to mirrorless as well. So um, a little bit more expensive to buy the body of the camera. The lenses are that little bit cheaper. Um, but um, yeah, I haven't touched my other cameras since I got the mirrorless one. You know, great. The Rolls Royce, really. It's fab. Ah, I suppose it's all, even at the start, it's all trial and error with different lenses and what works best for you. Yeah, well. and what suits your your style of photography, you know? Everybody has different ways of th- seeing things, you know? Um, a, a question I wanted to ask you was, do you know the saying, a picture paints a thousand words? Mm-hmm. As, a, as a photographer, from taking a picture, can you almost like, can you see in a picture it kind of tells a story? Do you know that saying? Yeah. And most of the time when you stand back, there are the things that you get. Um, for example, there, I did a Chris thing there and there was two little cousins and they were playing around um, together or whatever. And we, I was in the middle of trying to set up a shot um, on the altar just of the, the family and whatnot. And I, I noticed the little toddlers, they were the cutest little things, a little boy and a little girl. And I knew their names just from knowing their parents or whatever. 
And um, I just said, have you got a little kiss for her? You know, and the way he leaned over and gave her the kiss, it was just abs- it was like a wedding. Do you know the way they kind yeah. of just leaned in and the leg kicked out and the whole lot? Yeah, it was, it was fabulous. Really, really nice. They're good ones to capture that way. And especially when, like I said, you're not trying to pose them. I was in the middle of doing something else and just happened to see this. And most of the time, I remember one man told me before um, a photographer back home, he said, when you're taking your photograph, take the photograph, but look behind you. Always look behind you and see what's behind you. You never know what's going on there. So, you know, try to do that little bit too and, and thankfully it worked out on that particular occasion of the little little toddlers from um from when you started say at the very start of your your time you know taking pictures and stuff compared mm-hmm. to now has there been any one particular i suppose shoot or picture that stands out that you had to get quite creative like to to get the photo that you'd go to a lot of trouble to capture it mm-hmm. um yeah, I suppose. Well, there was two, I suppose. One, I went up in a crane. Um, there, was a, there was a local pub and they were just doing their um, village in in Kilcommon. They were oh. doing doing up the place or whatever, but they, have, they were doing the land in front of it or whatever. I don't know what they were doing, but there was a guy there with a digger and a bucket. Totally shouldn't have done it for health and safety, but sat into the bucket anyway. I went up just to get kind of an aerial view. I didn't have a drone. So um, I did that. That was one of them. And the other one then was um, actually a photograph that's in my book behind the mask. And, you know, it might be nothing to the fire people, but it was huge for me. Um, I wanted to get the two trucks in, the two fire trucks and the um, the firefighters then just down on the ground or whatever. So I went up the tower, you know, the fire tower, whatever. Yeah. I went up that and I said, ah, yeah, yeah, I'll go up there now about four flights or whatever. But internally, there are metal stairs going up. And can you imagine now cameras strapped to my back oh. going up to this? And it was summertime. So I was in my, in my shorts and my runners. I was like, oh, God, if you fall now, you're really going to scab your knee, you know. So I went up anyway. And I couldn't do the four flights. I'd say I got to maybe two or three, but I was able, it, it turned out to be a gorgeous shot and I was delighted with it. And as always, I've no hassle going up, going up is fine. It's the coming down that I get a little bit, oh, a bit nervous about that. But um, yeah, they're just two that spring to mind. I, I know when we finish chatting now, I'd probably think of something else saying, damn, I should have said that. But anyway, they're two that just spring to mind for now. Um, Would you remember I sent you on the picture there, the last day I took of with my, my drone? Oh would my God, ever... exceptional, exceptionally. And they were so good. Yeah, no, I, I got it. I suppose I got it about a year ago and I just put it into because I use the mouth stick to use my phone. Yes. A stylist and I just kind of put the remote in front of me on a little mount and I'm able to drive it with my mouth stick and the, I suppose, the remote. Would you would you ever kind of or have you gone into that side of things drones? No, and I'm not going to because the next wedding that I have, I'm going to be ringing you and I'm going to say, Ian, can you come out to the golf club there now? I have the couple. I'm bringing them out on the pier. So I'm no, I don't, I'm not going to do drones. I have you now, don't I? <laughs> I'll be taking your job. It's amazing, though, the fact that like from years ago to now, the I suppose the progress in technology, like and especially in drones, have you seen a huge difference? Yeah, massive altogether. Yeah, it, and you have to keep going with the technology. It's like as I was saying there with the, um, the the cameras just going mirrorless and all that kind of thing. I mean, you could actually remortgage your house for for equipment and stuff like that, but you have to be clever and think. Well, you know, you have to balance the books as well as to you know what's really going to bring in the money at the end of the day. You have your niche and whether you have the people don't care whether you have the top gear as so long as you have the results. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, your drone pictures were absolutely gorgeous altogether. So sharp. Thanks. And um, I suppose, like you said, the 
you could remortgage your house for the the price of stuff, but it's like anything, mm-hmm. I suppose. You pay for what you get. You're you're nearly yeah. better off to yeah. pay for if it's expensive, and I'm sure yeah. you've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, you mentioned there a few minutes ago about your book behind the mask. I want to touch on it. Um, yeah. Obviously, I it's been a huge success in Killarney, and even my uncle in Dublin bought one and stuff. So I oh, want to touch on brilliant. that. Do you wanna Do you wanna tell me exactly what it was because? Like I said, it was a huge success in Killarney during the the, the COVID nineteen lockdown. Yeah, and again, like I say, I do everything in baby steps. That was um, um, it was pure, I suppose, at the start because I'm so much on the go with the camera constant, and I'm not very good at sitting still in general. Um, that I kind of like we had these beautiful days, and we were all kind of, as you said, locked down. I just got on my bike and I said, you know what? Now I just visit a few people, and I ended up uh, visiting uh, some elderly couples. And the next minute, there was emails coming in from Ratmore and as far as the UK, saying, "Oh, my parents are in your two K, whichever called them." No problem. I was absolutely delighted. You know the way you were just starved for conversation and yeah. people. And the weather was so great that I could go on my bike and just fly around to, to the different pa- places and get my exercise as well. So, um, yeah, that's how kind of how that happened. And then um, I suppose for, for press then I would have um, had a lot of things on my computer for, we'll say, opening of shops and, you know, different playgrounds opening, all that that kind of thing. So I was just sitting there one day and I was kind of saying, oh, all this stuff on my computer, it's kind of a bit of a sin to leave it there. You know, maybe I should just do some sort of a publication or whatever. And at the start, it was just, yeah, I'll print one, per- I'll print one book for me. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Yeah. And then I was kind of thinking, God, it'd be a nice one now for the town. But where would I get the money for that? I certainly couldn't finance it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the beauty of it was that lockdown, nobody had anything to do when you look at my face and listen to my rambles. <laughs> and thankfully, people really dig deep. They really, really did. I got so much support from the community. I'm not talking like businesses helped me, but I'm not just talking about businesses. I'm talking about, um, um, you know, the people of Killarney. Like it, there was a PayPal yeah. link and every fiver added up, you know. So I knew then as the money came in, I said, right, this is got this is going to happen. But I'd know um, I had nobody to help me with um, graphic design and all that kind of thing. I, w- I was so inexperienced. So um, funnily enough, then um I got to interview Diane Collins and I kind of, she's guarded Diane Collins too. Yeah. I got to interview her back in, in October and she had been following the, the project as I was going along. And once I picked the three charities, um, as you know, um, her husband, Paddy, Garda Paddy too, died of cancer. So that was one of my big ones that I definitely wanted to donate to. Such a nice man, Paddy, wasn't he? Yeah. So lovely. I kind of, I knew Diane more than I knew Paddy, to be quite honest, but I hear so so many lovely things, um, you know, about him. But um, anyway, look, to make a long story short, um, Diane's sister-in-law, um, Sinead, who lives in Ardnacrosha, um, she has her own business designed by Sinead, and that's what she does. And she designed the book in its entirety. And John O'Mahony from Killarney Today then um, helped me edit it a bit better. You know, I, I'd be more speaking in layman's terms kind of things, whereas John would kind of polish it up a little bit for me, that kind of way. But um, yeah, before we knew it, then it was all together and we got it printed. And maybe three weeks ago, um, I decided just to before Christmas, just to cut the funding. So I gave 7000 euros to 
the Nathan's Walk, Darkness into Light, the Irish Cancer Society. And then the other one then was 7,000 euros in um, gift vouchers uh, to the staff at UHK. Now, only just the staff that were involved in the COVID unit of yeah. 2020, you know, and I didn't mean just the doctors and the nurses. I meant, you know, um, the guys that are downstairs in the chemist, the guys that were bringing up the tea, the stores oh, guys, anyone that. that was taking the same risk, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, 7,100 euros actually to each of those. And the way I decided where to purchase the gift vouchers for the people in UHK were I just had a look at my little thank you list and um, I had said luxury vouchers. So, um, there were two hotels that helped me out big time. One was um, the Killarney Avenue Hotel. Um, they held the the launch of the book, which you kindly spoke at. Yeah. Um, so I th- th- bought some vouchers from them. And then I bought vouchers from the International Hotel because um, that's the Coin family. And Tanya sold my book in Eason's Commission Free, which is hugely commendable. Amazing. A million to Tanya. And then the other person then was Johnny Maguire. Johnny Maguire was in my two kilometers. And as you know, Johnny Maguire doesn't like to sit still either. Yeah. Flying around on his bike as I was, and we'd meet and we'd chat and we'd talk about different things. And sure, this book was a notion at the time. So when I was looking for funding, Johnny's not on social media and he dug quite deep and he helped me out. So I decided, you know what, now it's time to look after the people that looked after me um, from that point of view. So yeah, it's been a great success. And um, I have. I don't have a lot of books left, but I, I have have enough, I'd say, to see me through Christmas. If anyone wants a copy, they're 35 euros and they're in Eason's. Um, they're Eason's also in Killarney, Killarney isn't it? Huh? Eason's so in Killarney. Yes, Eason's in Killarney. Sorry, I should have said that. Super Value in Tralee, actually. And um, the Carry Out Off License and Carry Catering Supplies as well. And my brother has it up in his shop up in Ross Grey. Um, exit 22 beside McDonald's. <laughs> if anyone wants to fuel up there, I'll give a little. It's a plug. long, long way to Tipperary. It's a long it? way to Tipperary, but you know it's there. And um, Tipperary County Council went in then, and in fairness to them, they they bought a lot of books um, for the Tipperary libraries. And even though it's a Killarney book, um, the book is also in Trinity College in Dublin. It's in the National Library in Dublin, and it's in the library here and libraries throughout Kerry, which is That's gorgeous, amazing, really good. Huh? Yeah, great. When you were given the 7,000 that it was for not only just the staff, it was for like porters and, and stuff. And I think during COVID, like everyone was kind of saying the nurses and doctors are amazing, but it's the people, like you said, bringing up the tea and stuff that mightn't have got the the recognition they deserved at the time. Yeah. You know? But Ian, they were taking the same risks. They still had to go home to their families. Yeah. So that was that was kind of what I wanted to hit on more than anything. And I was very lucky. It was a, it was very much a late entry into the book that I had the opportunity when we went outside the uh, 20k I think it was and I had a link Mary O'Carroll there she's a phlebotomist in um, Kerry UHK um, she linked me then to um, a lady that worked in um, the ICU she was the clinical nurse manager Margaret Griffin was her name and yeah I got to go in and actually photograph inside um, inside the the hospital of the people that were there working. So that was that was a huge bonus. I didn't expect to be able to do that, but I got it in last minute. It was great actually to get in. Before we finish up, did you, from going around to the elderly people in the process of making the, the book, did you learn anything from them? I suppose because I know you had a picture up of Killarney Town during the lockdown and it was just eerie. Like there, was, mm. there wasn't a sinner on the, on the street. Did you learn anything about... I suppose how important community was and all that. 
absolutely. And like I said before to you, um, as a tip for every woman, Killarney people are just, they're fabulous. Anybody that I went to visit, um, young or old, um, in the pieces in the book, people were so resilient and they put the bright side out all the time, you know, and um, that was fantastic for me because it was, it was very, it's quite uplifting and it was uplifting for everybody to, to, to read as well, you know, and um, yeah, I think you learn, you learn a lot from the elderly um, in general anyway, just from experience, but um, no, the people that I spoke to were just so resilient and uh, like I said, bright side out. Yeah. I suppose sometimes we don't realise how, how lucky we are in Killarney to have like, you know, everything so close, Ross Castle, Killarney Gardens and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's actually funny when when I was in the 2K, I could get down as far as um the Killarney House and Gardens. But then you I was kind of, you know, it was like, you know, bursting into freedom when it moved to 5K, you know, because yeah. that took me out as far as Mocker's house. I was like, yes, this is great. But how lucky was I? Can you imagine living in a very, very remote area? Yeah. You know? 5k exactly. from your house in Kilcommon or you know if you're off over an Ackan Island only doing your five you know it just you know anyway yes. I was lucky I was very very lucky and I was very lucky with all the people that I met it's unreal to look back on this now and realize you know what we actually did go through like mm. looking back on this after the restrictions wow the res- restrictions were so varying and so wacky and I know they were trying to keep us safe but I suppose when we didn't know what we were doing or what to expect you had to be on the the safer side of caution Absolutely. Come here. Thanks a million for coming on today. Now, is there anything else you, you want to, to say to the listeners or the people that bought the book or anything? Yeah, thanks so much to everybody that has supported me and um, supported the, the three charities. And I can say hand on heart that after handing over the money and the vouchers and whatnot, um, everybody was so grateful, especially UHK. They said it, it was the biggest donation that they've had ever received really um yeah to the staff they were just overwhelmed they really really were yeah yeah so like thank it. you everybody for supporting and like they say not all heroes wear capes that's it exactly now that's all we've time for tonight i hope you all enjoyed the show and i appreciate you tuning in as always a massive thanks to mary for coming on and sharing her story how she got into photography her book behind the mask and all things that she she gets up to with her her job as a photographer and what what it entails because sometimes you think that a photography is just a photographer coming taking a picture and uploading it whereas there's a lot more to do in the behind the scenes if you have any questions or requests for next week's show you can contact me through my instagram enoconnell321 or through my email address ioconnell at radiocarry.ie i hope you're all having a great week so far stay tuned in to radio carry because brian Priestley is up next with that's jazz I'll be back at the same time next Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8 p.m. here on Radio Kerry 103.7.